0: Founders, welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence
1: of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in.
0: All right, Sean, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I want to start with the question we always ask, where did AvantStay come from? How did the idea Come to you, and how did this thing get started? Yeah, well, I, I, went, Drew, great to be here. First of all, and and
1: congrats on the podcast. I've, I've been listening, and it's it's pretty special. Um, you, what what I would say is that is that there's no simple answer to that question, right? It's there's a lot of different components that got us here, um, a lot of people, a lot of places. But I think the core is I love to travel, right? That that is that is the core of 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 what I am passionate about. And I think if you can figure out. What you're passionate about in your day to day and overlap that with um you know a business idea and, and something that you want to pour your heart and soul into. Uh you end up with with something that can be compelling that you can be proud of, that you can work around the clock and 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 I always say entrepreneurship is is a little crazy. Um it's a it's a, you gotta be a little nuts and and um, and and so the ability to kind of, you know, uh, blur the lines between work and play and, and spend all your your time and and your life in, into that, invested into that is, is important, it's an important part of it. So yeah. I love to travel. So, so background being in real estate, finance, technology, uh, a number of kind of you know uh, uh, paths, stop on Wall Street, uh, built tech-enabled real estate businesses, and then and then uh, our last business, we sold on LinkedIn. Um, so kind of software, technology, real estate, and then a passion of love for travel is how we got here. And kind of recognizing that, you know, if you look at the space of short-term rentals, um, you know, Bonstay is a, is a hospitality brand. We bring the hotel into the home. So take everything that's great about a hotel, roll it into a home that that's the idea. So horizontal, uh, uh, hospitality operation is, is what we're focused on in elevating that experience. And it's, it's a massive industry, big space and, and nobody's really brought consistency or branding, uh, or an elevated experience inside that home. And, and that's what we've been focused on is, is how can we deliver uh, a really elevated experience with fridge stocking, with chefs, with beautiful analog design from furnishings and fixtures to, you know, digital experience that that can be mobile optimized uh, with all the amenities that you'd expect at a hotel, but also all the basics uh, in terms of Wi-Fi working, you know, all the frustrations that you might experience when you're traveling and, and staying at a house that is not optimized. So yeah. hotel and a home is where we got to love to travel and background kind of that fits, uh, fits the ability to scale this.
0: So when you started kicking around the idea, were you between things, had you sold a company and you were between things or were you working on something and had this in the background and decided, uh, to take a leap into it?
1: Yeah, good question. I think, I think, um, we, we're selling the company to LinkedIn, a company called Heighton. It was a SaaS enterprise SaaS platform for sales productivity. Um, and and while we were selling that, I started looking at uh, the the kind of Airbnb space. So so short term rentals, Airbnb, seeing this massive you know kind of platform and really no consistency of branding. And so I grew up with uh, five boys, so so four brothers, and and we go stay at hotels and. You know you're knocking on Jake's door and, and, and Jake doesn't pick up. You got to meet in the lobby at 6 p.m. and nobody's there. You know, you leave your stuff all down by the pool and people are going, Where you know, where's all your why didn't you bring the stuff back to the room? You're on different floors. You know, the, the, the collaboration and communication you know amongst the family, it, it ends up being somewhat of a stressful trip. The chaos, and yeah. The chaos, right? And so while I love hotels and 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 hotels serve a, a, a you know a great purpose. It's a very different experience when you travel with families, friends, loved ones. you want something that's more private, unique, um, and controlled. and And so we started staying in vacation rentals. We love them as a family. And once we we stayed in them, we we realized that there was, you know this vast range of experiences. Sometimes we got an exceptional one. sometimes we got a really poor one. And so we wanted to bring some of the hotel branding and consistency to to the to the home market. So while we were selling, the company I started looking into the space, and it's a huge, huge industry. You know, Airbnb. A lot of people don't know this. It's the size of Marriott, Hilton, Hyatt, Wyndham, IHG, large, five largest hotel brands in the world
0: combined.
1: Wow, right? It's it's bigger than all five of them combined. So you start thinking, hey, man, this is this is this is interesting. There's something here, uh, and 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 the way that we got started was we started running data across the U, the U.S. Thinking about the arbitrage between short-term rental revenue uh, and and coming off of you know I lived in new york for for five years, and you see people go to Europe and come back with more money in their bank account than when they left. So they rent out their their studio or their one bedroom and and, and they're traveling around the world and come back with more money. and you start thinking, wow, this is this is kind of, yeah, you know, this is an interesting phenomenon that that exists, obviously driven by, the Airbnb and VRBOs of the world, and that accessibility to to these to these uh, differentiated short-term rental experiences. So I think it was it was at that time when when we started running that data, and, and we actually landed in a place called uh, Indio, California, which I don't have you have you heard of Indio, California? No. no. Huh. So I, Indio is you've heard of Coachella Festival?
0: Yep.
1: So Coachella is based in India. So all of a sudden, Indio pops up on our radar, and we're looking at it, we're going, man, this is this is where, I think this is where Coachella Festival is, is where Stagecoach is, where a lot of these festivals are. And we recognize that there's, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, revenue being driven to these houses in a relatively inexpensive market. Now that's changed completely uh, since 2016, 17. That's completely changed. Uh, you know, houses that were three, four hundred thousand are now, you know, close to two million, um, you know, because of your know, short-term rental income really driving, uh, you know, some of the attention to the region, uh, especially with with a lot of festivals and events. So in any case, um, you know, that's where we got started and we started looking at different opportunities to to develop an experience around group travel. So groups coming together, uh, taking an online world and delivering an offline experience was the core concept. How do we use technology and digital and and our background in, in software? To create more opportunities for people to experience, you know, offline to to, to connect together and come together and, and really have a special uh, stay where you can start your vacation right away. So that that's the genesis of it, and it started in in the Valley in Coachella Valley, uh, Palm Springs, and 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 we're now we're in over 120 cities today, and and have expanded wow. you know nationally. So
0: where my curiosity goes first is. I, I have like Kevin O'Leary in my head right now, you know, hearing uh, how many years ago was this when you, when you were first piloting this?
1: So we, we started kind of playing with the, we, it, as I think a lot of entrepreneurs do, you, you start playing with the idea in 2016, we didn't raise our seed round until 2018. Um, and I think a lot of it is kind of understanding what you want to do. Uh, you know, kind of thinking through concepts, uh, some of the diligence and, and making sure that, you know, not only is it a good idea, but it's executable and scalable and there's benefits to delivering technology through that product and through that lens. Uh, but 2018 was when we raised the Seabro.
0: Okay. So that's where, that's kind of where my head goes is I could see a Kevin O'Leary type person hearing your idea in 2017, 2018 and saying, man, Airbnb, what's going to keep them from squashing you like the bug or the cockroach that you are, right? You mentioned how huge they are. And, you know, we're starting, even though that we see a niche inside the market they're playing in, they've got this head start with branding and all that kind of stuff. Um, Did that scare you at all? Or was that an obstacle to overcome at the beginning? Or how how did you think about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think people people ask, ask that question. But but I think it's, it's a little bit of, of a misunderstanding around the space. So, for example, if I were to ask you, Drew, what your favorite hotel brand is, what what would you say?
0: I don't really have or it
1: a me. or a favorite Marriott. one that you like. Marriott, okay. A lot of people say Four Seasons, I'm on, You know, uh, yeah, uh, Ritz. You know, Ritz and Four Seasons probably have the best, you know, top MPS. I'm but still, there's a I'm lot of. i with out.
0: the upper middle class mindset, man. My, my mind goes the Marriotts. not going to, to yeah, like one of Four Seasons. Marriott,
1: to and Marriott's amazing. Marriott's actually. Yeah. A, conglomeration of 30 some plus brands right so Marriott you know you you owns over 30 brands and and some of those fit underneath it and then if I were to ask you what your favorite short-term rental brand would be what would you say
0: short-term rental
1: yeah where you would where you would you know where you'd stay in a home or you know
0: it'd be Airbnb
1: Airbnb right yeah so the 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 kind of mis, misunderstanding or misnomer across the space is that, you know, a lot of people you go after they answer that question and say, well, what about Expedia? Why is that your, not your favorite, you know, hotel brand? And, and the light bulb usually kind of goes off and people go, oh, I get it. Like Expedia is not a hotel brand. They're a distribution platform that distributes the Marriott's and Four Seasons and Riches of the world. Airbnb is a distribution platform. It's a great brand. It's a tremendous brand that has built probably more brand equity than, than any hospitality company or certainly up at the top in the, in the world, but they don't control the experience and they're not a brand that distributes product. Hmm. So Airbnb is a partner of Avantstack. They're our number one partner, in fact. In fact, we speak to Airbnb every single week. We collaborate with them on ideas, vision, wow. products. And, and so really kind of it's, it's, you know, a lot of people go, well, well, how do you, you're like an Airbnb. No, we distribute, you can find, you know, all of our homes on Airbnb, just like you can find Marriott's hotels on Expedia. And it, and it's important to kind of understand that, that, that difference.
0: That is, that's amazing. That is a great uh, clarification. I, I, you turn someone that initially in my mind is a competitor to now is actually uh, synergistic with you, right? Someone that's actually giving you business coming through their platform, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at like Airbnb's S one and their IPO, a lot, of, a lot of what they talk about, you know, Airbnb does not have a demand problem. They, it, in fact, they don't really have a lot of you know, problem. But there, it's really a supply issue. right? how do you get great supply on the platform? So a lot of their kind of friction points around great supply, great experiences, consistency, uh, we solve for. Right, we solve for that by delivering that supply. Uh, through their distribution. Now we have 60 different di- distribution partners, including our own uh, bond state direct, which is, which is the most affordable way to book. And it, it converts into concierge and and, and value added services and some of the amenities that we offer in a much more efficient way and, and dovetails into a mobile application and loyalty. But, but that being said, Airbnb is, um, you know, is, is, is an amazing partner for us. And, 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 uh, and and we could will continue to kind of deliver great supply to their pro onto their platform, and they'll bring us uh, amazing demand and guests and 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 new integrations and 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 um and so it's been it's been really kind of a, an, a, an incredible partnership from the start. Uh, we collaborate very closely, and I would I would say that that's going to continue until till the end of the time as far as you know our partnership.
0: If we go back to those early. Let's say 2018 to 2020, something like that. Well, I guess the caveat would be 2020 was a really unusual year, but let's say 2018, 2019, those early few years. What were some of the biggest challenges that you had to solve for this to work?
1: Yeah, I think I think you know, there there's there's a lot of challenges. Um, you know, ultimately there's there's a sequencing of challenges and a prioritization of, of what you need to accomplish. I think first, you know, you have to have a you have to have a good idea, but ideas are cheaper and execution is expensive. Uh, you have to take, you know, a certain amount of, of of risk, and and risk weighs ounces, regret weighs tons. So, you know, get out there and, and take risks. Um, then you need to to, you know, inspire people. I think probably uh, the biggest challenge early on is is how do you inspire great, brilliant, smart people that have a lot of options to come pursue something that you feel passionate about and that you hope that they'll feel passionate about as well? Fortunately, in our space, it's a little bit differently because hospitality is something that's easier, especially hospitality tech, is easier to get excited about. Bringing people together to have a great experience is something people can understand and appreciate and really value at the deepest levels. So inspiring people. And then, you know, you got to fundraise. I mean, we had... Uh, our seed round was close to 200 meetings, um, and and you know we're not a pure, you know SaaS ARR model, right? And and so the technology platform or what we built, while incredibly scalable, and 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 so far has been has been successful, is not your traditional SaaS play, right? It's not traditional. So you know finding the right fit, finding the right investors. Uh, and being able to fundraise is is critical, and that allows you to find great people, keep the momentum. Um, so I think ideas the start, but ideas are cheap, and execution's everything. And execution comes down to inspiring people. And then if you can continue to raise capital against that, you're in a great spot uh, to find more great people. And ultimately, comes down to a point where, uh, as the leaders of the company, you need you need to you need to find people that are better than you in in all the different subsets. Um, and, and that's a challenge, right? It's a, it's it's a big challenge to accomplish.
0: When you're going through that gauntlet of 200 meetings, you know, trying to raise that first seed round, what was, as you think back on it, what was maybe the biggest sticking point that you had to help people understand or the value that you needed to help them see? Like, did you see any commonalities? Like, man, they just keep getting hung up on this and I've got to figure out a way to communicate this to them. Cause they're not understanding it or seeing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of those, um, thinking back, you know, four plus years ago to, to specific ones. I mean, the, the biggest one is that, um, you know, again, we're building software to accelerate the control. We're not building software for people to license. We're building software to leverage the scalability of our own brand. So the, 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 the software that we're building, for example, you know, there's 23,000 short-term rental companies in the U.S. They can't license or access our software because we feel it's more powerful to build a brand and scale nationally, eventually internationally, uh, to deliver this consistent branded, you know, tech-driven, tech-enabled uh, experience. So I think that that was that was the biggest part. Now the the downside, you know, kind of protection there is that if we go build an amazing PMS property management system operating system. Uh, revenue management, customer comms flows, customer experience, web, web front end website, back end, um, you know, some some of the components that that we think through on on, on marketing and and website, and mobile and tablets, you know, as we build that, it is licensable, right? So it can be licensable to tens of thousands of different companies, but but we feel, you know, it 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 harnesses more capabilities to leverage it internally. So that was always a challenge is that we're not. Your standard, you know, here's your enterprise SaaS company. Here's the problem we're solving. Problem we're solving is very clear. But here's the ARR. Here's the value, and and we're gonna we're gonna go hook people and, and and run. So we have a multi-sided, you know, kind of managed marketplace where you have you know a lot of different stakeholders from cities to communities to neighbors to uh, customers and and to homeowners and 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 obviously to employees. And so that's a lot of different components to manage. And when you think of hospitality, it's very much holistic in nature. Hospitality is not, you know, here's, here's, your, uh, here, here's, your, here's your, your technology platform and your one customer and make that customer happy. Hospitality, part of the moat is the sophistication and complexity around, around the operations and around what you're trying to build from an experience perspective. But if you can nail that, I think there's a lot of upside
0: well i'm so glad you brought that up because that's that's where i wanted to go next is there the only way i think that that to articulate it is so much complexity that the idea you have is you have this grand vision yet in the execution of it you've just got so many facets to the things that got to be executed on for this vision to come to life with excellence you've got to build the the software you've got to get the fundraising you have got to build the team you've got to find the the people who are going to now trust you and want to list their home through you. You've even got to connect it to the customer who wants to rent from there. All the components, right? How do you? How have you uh, done all of those things to the excellence that you have? I mean, that's just, like you said, a lot of businesses have somewhat, a little more nuts and bolts. Like, that's the, that's the, I got this one customer, I just got to create this solution, give it to that customer. And you all have this kind of holistic, moving pieces type thing uh, yet you've been able to do it with such excellence. How do you think you've done that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think, real simply put, hard work works. And 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 so you know, we 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 think about things and and plan things out. And um, there is obviously a vision to 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 what we're trying to accomplish. And and that vision, I always think that your vision has to be you know multiple steps ahead of where you are and so we we may be executing at like a you know let, let's say a four or five and 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 the industry may be at a you know slightly below, below that and our vision is at an eight or a nine i don't think that there's a possible way to get to to a ten on your vision because you're always you know informing yourself and and evolving that vision and that's the exciting part that's why they always say you know roads weren't ba- built for destinations they're built for journeys and and you know, you got to enjoy the journey. So I think a lot of it is for us is enjoy the journey, hard work works and, and um, you know, so long as you're kind of, you, you understand that you, you, know, per, you, know, you don't need to be perfect every day, uh, uh-huh. but you need to be working towards, uh, you know, you need to have everybody aligned and working towards kind of a, a common goal and, and sequencing and prioritizing that with, with real planning and thought and care is, is important. Yeah. Um, You know, this is, I, you know, we, we were talking now, obviously the agile quotient, agile methodology is important when you're building companies and people talk about it all the time, but you know, we have a roadmap that's baked out two plus years with things that need to get done. Now there's going to be times when things pop up, you need to make adjustments, you need to pivot, you need to add, subtract, but uh, we're, we're pretty, pretty intentional about what we're trying to build and what's needed to be built to accomplish. know a better experience for our customers fortunately today the experience at least we think is 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 better than the status quo significantly better and so do our customers because um you know that's that's kind of where we've ranked but but it's significantly better and so we we can we can execute as is today while making meaningful improvements rapid improvements uh over time with with kind of the goal of getting to a vision where things are are really optimized. And, and, and so, you know, it's, it's patience, it's, it's planning execution, um, you know, in, and having, you know, a vision that's always kind of multiple steps out of where you're at.
0: I love that. Do you have any favorite failures? Were there any mistakes that were particularly meaningful or costly or led to a lesson that you couldn't have learned without that mistake?
1: I mean, so many mistakes, right? Um, you know, I think failure is not is not final or, or as, as some people say, you know, um, you know, I think it, it's not necessarily about being right. It's not about it's about being afraid to be wrong, not, be, not being afraid to be wrong on, on some of these. And so, you know, if there's been mistakes, it's usually uh, it's usually something that's that, 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 that you know, taught you, like you said, a, a great lesson. Uh, you know, obviously, going through the pandemic, we made a big mistake to cut our team by fifty percent, and then two or three months later, we realized that uh, there, there was going to be an incredible amount of demand for our product. So that was a very trying time. Uh, I think hindsight's twenty twenty on that. And we didn't necessarily know exactly how to how to manage through that. Um, so that was that was a pretty sizable sizable mistake that we were able to learn. Uh, very valuable lessons although I still think it was probably uh, the the only move that, that that made sense at the time for a lot of companies not knowing what was going on but no there there's 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 so many uh, mistakes but I do think that um, mistakes are important to make really important to make important for uh to make often and frequently early on and 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 understanding that um, you know, as long as you kind of come out of that and you have some takeaways and some learnings, um, and, and you're intentional and thoughtful about the decisions you made, that's really what matters the most. So, so nothing, nothing kind of comes to mind as far as here's the yeah. biggest mistake we made and I would avoid it because the biggest mistake you can possibly make is to not make mistakes. Yeah. Is that like a Dr. Seuss rhyme or something, <laughs> but, but seriously, I mean, that, that it, that is the biggest mistake. is yeah. to Not make mistakes. Yeah. You know, I somebody told me the other day. Somebody was talking about you know the 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 education institution. They're talking about how you're know, growing up. We're, we're all kind of trained to be right. Get an A. Ace the test. Uh, show up on time. You know, show up on time is actually important. But but follow the rules, right? And and if you look, if you if you think about that in the context of entrepreneurship or building companies. It couldn't be worse advice. It's make mistakes, break things, uh, you know, don't let them completely fall off the rails, but, but it is important to test the norms and, and to push the boundaries not to work within a box and, 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 you know, just kind of focus on, on, on getting everything right. That, that yeah. is, if you're getting everything right, you, you're doing something wrong.
0: That's why I asked about the failure question. I'm more interested in, in hearing how people like you even think about the question than the actual event that might come to mind. Because that to me is what you just said is so enlightening and affirming to my own journey of having to re almost rewire my association with what quote unquote failure that we see it as this pass fail binary thing this defining thing. Like, I've got to avoid this because it's so defining if you make a mistake or it's painful. And, and I was listening to um, Tom Bilyeu and Rich Roll have the same conversation and he framed it in a way that I'd never heard before. It's very similar to yours, but he likened it to machine learning. And he was talking about how do machines learn in the AI machine learning space. And he said, you know, when they were teaching it Pong, they give it the Pong game to play with no rules it knows nothing and the only way it starts learning is it starts doing things and seeing what happens and the ball is bouncing around it's missing it and it's getting a, an x or whatever and it's like well crap and then it moves the little cursor and it, it bings off of it one time randomly hits some point and it gets points and it goes oh apparently if i make that little thing hit that ball and it just started learning and so they they actually call it i don't remember what they call it but basically failure is feedback that there is no failure in the machine learning Everything that happens, it is just a learning opportunity to upgrade its software. And I was like, that's the most helpful way I've heard of thinking about the entrepreneurial journey. I like that.
1: Failure is feedback. Failure it's is feedback. not final. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's simply feedback for you to go, well, I when I move this chess piece here, this happened. Uh, oh, I guess I'll do this now,
1: right? Somebody, somebody told me once, they go, they go, if you think it's expensive to take risks, just wait for the bill to show up for the risks that you don't take
0: yes that's an
1: expensive bill if you're out there not taking risks you know there's going to be a bill for that too and and so you know sometimes you can really you contextualize all of this and think about it from perspective of uh not taking risk is it is is significantly higher risk than taking
0: yeah man i just think about all the times i lost a monopoly as a kid (laughs) i was just so like i'd play play against a player like you and i was too conservative and i'm like i don't know i don't know and my buddy matt comes keep in and just,
1: buying, keep buying, just get buying keep stuff buying. <laughs> and all
0: of a sudden i'm paying him rent the whole game i'm like god you know a little that's who i played golf so with this true. morning and he's been he's been my kind of as i've been in the entrepreneurial space for the last four or five years he's been the voice i check in on because i know yeah. my tendency is to go too slow and too conservative and so i'll call him and just say how would you think about this and there's mm. been moments he's like man that's a smart play and there's been other moments he's like you've got to do that. Like, what are you talking about? You have to take that risk. You have to go. And it's, it's a, it's a gift. You know, it sounds like it's it's more natural to you like it is to him. Um, So that's what I asked that question. I wanted to keep learning and keep reassociating my, my kind of hardwiring towards risk and towards failure and things like that.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, I've asked that question in the past. I asked it to somebody I have a tremendous amount of respect for uh, sits on my board and, and, and and was the was the initial check seed check in, in our in our seed round, and I go you know how do you know, when this must have been a few years ago how do you know how fast to go, right, and I think it's less about should you go fast or slow, you know it, it, for me it was what is the pace at which you know you should go to, that makes sense, and he goes look the, the the ultimate rule here is once you have product market fit. You go as fast as you can, as fast yeah. as you possibly can, but you got to make sure you got product market fit. Now, that that is a that is a big you know factor. So you may be tweaking and testing and and finding. You start you start running before you have that that great fit. You, I think you're gonna have some problems. The other thing is, once you have that product market fit and you start running as fast as possible, you you don't want to make you don't want to allow you know the the wheels to fall off, margin degradation. You know you you want to keep things. Um, in line. So I think that there is really, you know, it helped me kind of run the math in my head about how fast to go. It's go as fast as you possibly can while keeping things within a certain level of, of, of acceptability. And, and also, you know, the last thing you want to do is, is, is kind of put too much pressure, not just on the company, but the people you're working around, right. And, and, um, you know, I remember uh, this must have been three or four years ago. There's totally irrelevant to technology, but uh, I remember asking the the CEO of a, of a big events company, hey, why didn't you throw this event uh, this year? So successful last year he goes, because my team is worn out. Mm. and they just they just cannot, you know it it, it it was at the expense of potentially losing great people or the expense of you know kind of uh, you know jeopardizing future future events or or the quality of those events. Um, and I thought it was interesting because, you know, a lot of times it's not just about product market fit and running as fast as you can. You got to check in. You got to check in with the team. You got to check in uh, and, and and not to say that you want to slow down, but there there is, you know, you you do want to run as fast as possible without completely derailing. And, yeah. and I think that that's, that's an important point.
0: I mean, you got to think about like any high power or high speed thing in life requires gears for it to op- operate efficiently right and so anything we do blindly like i just am always in this gear whether it be slow or fast at some point it's going to break down so there's got to be some variability like you're talking about that if we want to speed up we can speed up we have the capability to do that if we need to gear down and not do this event this year and let our team recuperate we can have some version of shifting gears i would imagine over the long haul is going to get you the farthest the fast- fastest right and then the other thing that you said that i think of I'm gonna say Tiger Woods just because it's the safest to put it on. But some golfer I was listening to, we talked about before the podcast. So i I've gotten into golf the last few years. Was asking someone asked him how how fast should I swing? You know, I'm not as good as you. Should I be you know not swinging very fast and all that kind of stuff? And his answer was, swing as fast as you can while staying in balance. Yeah. So that was his only check was like,
1: no, and I never liked it when, when, when people would say, Hey, slow your swing downs. Like that, that's not the, the answer as much as, you know, have better balance. Or, exactly. You know, or, 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 you know, take, take it outside here. So you can have better balance. You know, obviously there's, there's a, there's a limiting, there's an inflection point there. There's a limiting factor, but I think that's a really good analogy. It's, you know, don't, don't, you don't necessarily want to take away your, your competitive advantage. If you have a, if you have a, a fast swing speed, Figure out how to control
0: exactly. that mechanism. And I know, love Elon, that.
1: Elon's probably one of the best, you know, examples of this. I mean, the guy will run through, you know, and, and look at him now from a supply chain perspective. He has the competitive advantage because he controls the f- full vertical integration of supply chain. And, and so we think about things in a similar fashion from a vertical integration perspective. We we think it's very important to control that experience. But um, but what he's done is, you know, he's pushed he's pushed so hard, but he's led that that push working harder probably than anyone and more importantly he's built infrastructure and redundancy to support his speed he hasn't asked the same people not necessarily at all times to to hey you know work harder or faster he's built redundancy uh to support you know his 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 requirements so now i think that's a great analogy the golf analogy i like a lot
0: yeah it, it helped me it was like man the only thing I got to figure out is my balance. Like if I'm swinging so hard and my balance sucks, then I'm swinging too hard until I can fix my balance. But if I can fix my balance, I can keep going hard at the ball, you know. Um, that makes me think when you mention Elon, are there any current or even past founders, innovators, thinkers that you in particular um, res- like respect or even look to in a sense to model some things? after the way they think about business or, uh, anyone like that come to mind?
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there's a, there's a lot, um, you know, there, there's a number of, 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 tremendous founders and, and would, you know, would encourage everyone to kind of, you know, whether it's podcasts or, or books or, or, you know, there, there's just, there's just so many. And so it's, it's hard to.
0: Probably a bad question know, then too it, broad it, of a it, question.
1: It, <laughs> it's hard to call, you know, specifically, but I, I do have a tremendous amount of respect for Elon. I think the way, you know, it, you know some of the stuff that he's even done by combining multiple, uh, multiple entities, you know, and in, in multiple different, uh, you know, kind of companies. And, 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 and even though, you know, you, you look at Jack Dorsey and, and him running Square and Twitter, and, and, and I don't know how many companies that, that Elon's running four or five now, but there is kind of this, this subconscious overlap uh, between these things, and and good entrepreneurs uh, can continue to innovate and come up with great ideas, and 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 run with them. It's it's not necessarily. I think a good entrepreneur is very different than uh, in in some cases than a good CEO. Yeah. And and so, you know, I think there there's just there, there's a lot of different there's a lot of different components that go into kind of uh, ideas to execution, and and um, and I just have a tremendous amount of respect for for all founders. But, but certainly Elon is, is up there.
0: How do you, how do you think about staying sharp? You personally, whether that's maintaining enough energy to keep doing what you're doing physically, emotionally, or staying inspired, creative on your edge, any of those kinds of things, what do you, how do you think about our approach, making sure that you don't fall apart at the seams as you're, as you're leading this thing?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's you know it it is goes back to a little bit of holistic. We're we're in we're in the hospitality space, so you know I think you know I I I love to work. I love to work around the clock, and um, you know so you have the physical and the mental. uh, And then you know if you have an opportunity to to take time with friends and family and loved ones, you know that that's the company we're building, right? So I think if we're going to talk about it, we got to be about it. And so we encourage people, especially at Avant Stay, to you know to take these trips and spend time uh, offline and, and, and spending time offline is really valuable, really, really valuable. I mean, and we, we all have an, a never ending amount of work in front of us in terms of what we want to accomplish, where we want to go, what we want to, uh, you know, what, what we, what we see for the vision of our companies, of our, of our lives. And so a uh, big, big fan of, of, of taking, um, you know, taking time on, in the offline world and, and, part of what we've done is, is, is prioritize connecting with people that, that is arguably, uh, the most important thing for me, uh, for, for mental sharpness and, and, and inspiration and creativity and excitement and love for life is how do you continue to stay connected with great people? So that, that's really where I do it. Obviously, you know, a lot of reading, a lot of, uh, you know, kind of time alone, um, you're separated from your day to day, I think is is really important. And then finding uh, great people to speak with, right? Just great, great people to speak with that uh, bring different perspectives. I do think that that diversity is incredibly important uh, to give you perspective that maybe you wouldn't otherwise have. I mean, if you're bringing a lot of the same, um, it's just conf- it's confirmation bias, and confirmation bias can can remove some of the creativity around who you are and what you want to accomplish. So. Yeah, I think it's it's you know a lot a lot of different things definitely certainly holistic in nature there's not one particular but I do I do feel like if there's if there's one thing that's really important is go spend time with with great people and um and and spend time offline and 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 that's that's a lot of what we try to deliver our, our message around you know in Avansa. I
0: love it. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I mean I, I think this is probably one of the most relevant conversations to have right now. With the amount of turnover, the amount of burnout that people are experiencing and being more disconnected often, sometimes working from home and struggling with keeping up with the demand of everything. We, we always talk about in our business, you've got two variables you got you got to manage. Really, only one of them you can manage. There's the demand on you and then there's your capacity to meet that demand. And so the demand is a good sign of growth. If you've got a lot of demand on you, Sean, that means – Something you're doing is working. You've got product market fit. You've got customers calling. You've got things going. Well, then we the question we have to ask is, do you have the capacity to meet that demand? That capacity is a business, or that capacity is a human, or are you slowly giving more energy than you're recovering because you're going into debt? And at some point, you get overwhelmed, stressed out if you can't figure out that capacity equation, right? I think, I think it was a LeBron, or no, God, who I'm really it's it's late here in the day in atlanta and i'm i'm (laughs) screwing up thinking about quotes that i know really well but someone about a decade ago said they foresaw athletes starting to act like ceos and ceos are going to start to act like athletes and we've seen that come to pass i think in a really beneficial way you're starting to see athletes get smarter and say hey i've got this windfall of money maybe i need to start a business maybe i need to invest it maybe i need to think more like a business owner and you're starting to see business owners remember the, remember being athletes and go, man, remember when I was intentional about my routine? Remember when I took care of my body and I felt energized? And, you know, oh, I think I need to connect with that side of me again and not just work all day and night behind a computer, right? And so that's part of the question, even just looking at you. I'm going, man, you're an in-shape guy. You live in California. I wouldn't, I'd be surprised if there wasn't some element of taking care of yourself, exercising, sleeping, hanging, going out with friends and enjoying outside weather, those kinds of things that play into effectiveness at work as well.
1: I think that, I think that that's right. But I also think that, again, it comes back to kind of the first you know, comments we're making around, how do you blur the the lines between work and play? So, you know, I'll go boxing with, with, with people that I work with, partners with business partners, um, you know, golfing with, with, with business partners, you know, golf's not my, not my favorite, but, but you know, whether it's working out or walking or, 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 um, you know going on run like a lot of this stuff i like doing with other people i mean yeah. i enjoy it now now disconnecting is important spending time you know for yourself but but again um i think about it because i'm excited to go uh, do this with somebody and 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 it's almost you know killing two birds with one stone in a lot of ways and it's not intentional from the perspective i'm trying to 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 tackle multiple things it's just i enjoy it that's the way i yeah. enjoy setting it up and, and it happens to be if I'm going to go, you know, on a hike or a run or, or, or a class, like, I'm going to call somebody that, that either I work with or, um, or, or, you know, just the other day, I had two of my advisors, they flew into town and I said, hey, guys, you got to come out to this boxing class. And they came in and we just started, you know, hitting the bag for, for, for a solid hour and we're talking, you know, talking about business, talking about, you know, all the different things that are going on and it was came out of there. You know, drenched. You know, drenched, and and went to dinner with with the other fifteen uh, advisors, and and it was kind of you know it was a unique opportunity, cool. to kind of, you know, have have some some one on one time or one on two time. So I, I do think that there's a way to do it where you don't have to like silo everything. Yeah, I, I like I like, and and not everybody's like this, but I like blending it all. I like blending it all together. I like work feel like play, play feel like you know work and and figuring out how you can kind of combine and, and, and have worlds collide, so to speak, so that, you don't know, work doesn't feel like work and play doesn't feel like, you know, yeah. uh, you're, you're playing too much. And, and and that's harder to explain than it is, or harder to do than it is to explain, but... but um,
0: No, but I like I mean, it because it's, I think it's updating, a much needed update to the conversation around work, work-life balance. You know, I heard Bezos talking about this saying he much prefers to think of it more like work-life integration how do i integrate these two where they support each other and that's a lot of what you're talking about because we see it as a balance like i've got to either be doing this or i got to be doing this and how do i get that to perfectly play out which never happens you never achieve that balance but there can be more of an seeking of an integration where i enjoy my work and i enjoy my life and sometimes they overlap and they feed into each other and so I, I really like that It's well. Said. Well, a lot of
1: people, sometimes I'll go, I'll go, you know, to dinner or what have you. And they will go, well, stop talking about work. And I go, well, I love talking about I like work, it, you know, <laughs> and, and so and so is the person I'm talking to. So tonight we have a happy hour, for example, in my, my head of sales strategy. I go, hey, uh, you know, I'll see you tonight. Let's talk about it tonight at the happy hour. You know, I, I don't want it to have to be like, you know, th- th- just because you're going to a social event, you can't talk about. Work because I don't look at it as work. Work is is something that you really enjoy and that you're passionate about. It doesn't mean you need to always be talking about work. But but again, um, all of these things can be can be mixed together. You know, yeah. the other weekend I was talking to you know w- w- somebody that, that that I'm very close with that uh, we work work together on a daily basis. I said, Hey, where'd you go with your family? Tell me about the experience that you guys had. What were the areas that that you thought they did better? What were the areas that, that, you know, we could integrate into how we think about it? So it's like you're out there experiencing these, these, these hospitality, um, you know, these other hospitality brands and, and, and you're taking mental notes and subconsciously you're fitting that into your day to day. So I'm not the type of person that thinks there needs to be this bifurcation between uh, when you can talk about work, when you have to, you know, completely disconnect, and and while I do think that disconnecting and and offline is important, I think I think combining it is also very exciting. If you can figure out how to blur the lines between work and play, and as you said, integrate it all, um, that 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 becomes very powerful.
0: I like it. All right, my friend. Final question before we get into the lightning round. I know we're running short on your time here. Is there anything that you're currently excited or passionate about? That you believe would help our audience either accelerate their business growth or their personal life.
1: Yeah. So something something I'm excited and passionate about in terms of in terms of you know my my life or just just generally you know, how we think about business.
0: How you think about business?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think that the, the best piece, maybe not advice, um, but but the kind of my mindset. Uh, to, to to entrepreneurship be building businesses is that it's not about uh, learning how to avoid the rain. It's about learning to dance in it. Mm. Uh, and, and, and I think it's important to kind of think of things from that perspective, because if you start dancing in the rain, it, you have a good time. I mean, I, I don't know too many people that are out in the rain dancing that don't enjoy that. It's going to rain. It's going to pour. It's going to, you know, the weather's going to change. The pandemic's going to going to come and, and things are ebbs and flows are going to continue to happen and so i think you know on my end it's really about you know learning to dance in it enjoy that ride and 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 if you can persevere and have the resilience and excitement uh to continue to push forward you're passionate enough about what you are doing uh dancing in the rain should be fun and the rain you should you should you should welcome the rain so i'm not sure that answered the question perfectly but that's kind of how i look at that the most important thing is I think about uh, building businesses and enjoying the
0: ride. Man, dancing in the rain. I freaking love that. <laughs> I was literally thinking about that the other day of just how dependent at times my emotions can be on the actual weather of life where like yep. I'm just like, Oh, it's a rainy day. It's going to suck. I'm like why? Like it doesn't have to suck and life business circumstances are like that. There's going to be these great moments and then it's a rainy season. It's whatever. And I, I just like that perspective that we have the choice. If we want to, we could find joy in this. We could, we don't have to necessarily suffer just because the circumstances are like that. Right. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, it is. I mean, look,
1: the, the only game that we that you're trying to kind of play or or win or or what have you is, is the game of life, right? You're not trying to, you don't need to win in, in, in business and you're trying to win this game of life. Right. And so, your life is going to bring a lot of curveballs, and if you dance in the rain, you're going to enjoy your family, your friends, your loved ones, your experiences, your travel, your business, and and I don't think that just being great or enjoying one of those is is gonna is gonna make you happy. And the happier happier you are from it from a uh, from a from a game of life perspective, yeah, is going to allow you to be much more successful uh, in in business. I mean, it's all kind of intercorrelated, and as you said earlier, integrated. And integrating those together is, 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 is amazing. It's a special thing if you can do it. And I think you are going to have to learn how to dance in the rain no matter what. And, and why not? It's fun.
0: Well done. I like it. All right, friend. I want to be respectful of your time. So we're going to fly through these lightning round questions. You shoot from the hip and we'll move on. So question number one, if you could ingrain just one message into your entire organization, what would it be?
1: Inspire, I mean, inspire. That's it. Inspire people uh, to be great to to have great energy uh, and to show up and be be passionate and and excited about what they're doing. But inspire is key.
0: Cool. Number two, what's the single best advice you've gotten personally about growing your business and also the worst advice?
1: Uh, the best advice, um, lightning round with absolutes. Let me see. the best advice is probably uh you know make, make sure you have enough money <laughs> to to pay to pay to pay rent no it's it's you know i, I think it's 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 really kind of um you know f- find find people that are better than yourself uh to 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 kind of build the company with you and and um and, that, and that's a key part the worst advice um is probably trying to optimize for valuation
0: cool all right, number three, what currently causes you the most stress or worry as the leader of your organization?
1: Um, stress or worry would be, um, I think, momentum. Uh, momentum is a big part of, of startups, right? Uh, when you think about if you have great momentum, um, it's less about whether it's the idea works or the execution, but timing is very important, uh, as we as we can see from a pandemic. And when you start to lose momentum, you start to lose potential people, you start to lose fundraising capital. It doesn't mean that the idea is not great. I've seen tremendously successful entrepreneurs with great ideas and amazing companies and incredible people. Once you start to lose momentum, uh, things, things can, can shift uh, rather quickly with, with, uh, with, with startups. I think less so with big companies right, that have massive balance sheets. So momentum is something you really got to kind of monitor and watch out for yeah. and, and lock in on. It.
0: I like that. All right, number four, what is the big hairy audacious goal for Avance Day?
1: Well, we want to become a household, you know, brand, hospitality brand. We want to be able to uh, be the one-stop shop for if you want to have an amazing group travel experience, you want to connect with people at a deeper level and take, you know, online world and deliver it in an offline way, uh, that that you can you come to us. So every time you think about skiing or going to the desert or to a festival or to a city um, or, you know, to, to the ocean, to the beach, you're thinking first, Hey, I want to have the best group experience in the world. I want to connect with people that I really care about. Yvonne stays the first, the first kind of uh, name that comes to mind. So that's, that's our goal is, is really become that household brand around connecting people in groups to have these incredible elevated experiences.
0: Killer. All right. Last question. What is a book that has impacted you that you would also or have recommended re- recommended to other people as well?
1: Anti-Fragile.
0: Mm. Nassim Taleb. Yes. Uh, you, know,
1: I, you know, Anti-Fragile by Nassim Taleb. The reason, the reason why is because um, people talk a lot about resilience in, in, in startups. And, and while I tend to agree, uh, anti-fragility is even more important. And, and so for those that don't know what that means, uh, it's essentially like if you had a you know, glass table and you threw it against the wall and it bounced back and it was plexiglass so it's stronger than when you, when you had it. So creating businesses around uh, shocks to the system that come out stronger. So you know, Amazon's a great example of that. Uh, probably Netflix is a great example of that. Um, you know, I think, I think if, you can, if you can create a business where shocks in the system actually make you stronger, that's anti-fragility. Yeah. It, it's not about fighting through it, and that's resilience. It's really about um, you know, the, the shocks can can create a stronger infrastructure. So I uh, would encourage everybody to read Anti-Fragile by Nassim Taleb.
0: Heck yeah. Yeah, that has been such a, an incredible mental exercise for me, especially framing it against not just fragile versus anti-fragile, but also robust. Like we always assume the opposite – a fragile would be robust, but robust breaks too. Like the hospital system, it, yep. it breaks too with enough pressure. Anti-fragile is the only thing that gets stronger because of the pressure. And it's just a fun mental exercise to think about how to be anti-fragile. So I love that. Sean, this has been freaking awesome. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your story and your wisdom with us. I've loved every second of it.
1: Wonderful. Well, great to be here. And thank you, Drew. Incredible podcast you got. Uh, it it's great to share some time with you. So, Awesome. Uh, let's let's rock and roll. To all the entrepreneurs out there, keep building.
0: And if people want to book something through you guys, they want to find out more about you. Uh, where do we send them?
1: Yeah, fo- I mean, follow us obviously on Instagram. You'll see a lot of cool stuff, um, TikTok, all that that good stuff. Go to AvantStay You can book anything. Uh, you can use uh, you know Sean five hundred for for five hundred dollars off cool. a, uh, a a stay. So um, I think there's a. Uh, discount code. You can enter directly on a website. And so I'm not sure I'm approved to give that discount code, but I just, I just did. So we're, we're good to <laughs> go for, for your, for your followers. You got it. And, and um, yeah, I mean, and experience it. give us feedback, you know, I mean, that, that, that's key because, you know, it'll click into, you know, how do you get your stock fridge, how do you get your chefs, how do you get your same day clean. These things are all kind of really um, interesting to us in terms of how we want to set up an experience, but go to our website, go to the social Uh, follow us and and, uh, we're excited to connect with you all and and, um, hopefully deliver some incredible experiences for you and your family and loved ones.
0: Heck yeah. Thanks, Sean.
1: Founders, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.